This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good afternoon. This is Marshall Davis. Easter is a proclamation of Christian non-duality. Two of the most famous Easter stories are found in the 20th chapter of the Gospel of John. One is the familiar story of Mary Magdalene coming to the tomb of Jesus early on Easter morning and finding the tomb already open and empty. She immediately runs and tells two of his disciples who come and they confirm what she has discovered. Then there is a wonderful account of Magdalene lingering at the tomb, talking to angels, and conversing with the groundskeeper, who turns out to be the risen Lord. In this chapter, we also have the equally famous story of Doubting Thomas. On Easter evening, the risen Christ appears to the disciples within a locked room, but Thomas is not there. When he later hears about the visit, he refuses to believe that Jesus has risen. Eight days later, Jesus appears to the apostles in the same room again, and this time Thomas is present. And after being invited by the risen Christ to examine the wounds on his body, Thomas believes, declaring Jesus, My Lord and my God. These Resurrection stories, as well as those in the other three Gospels, can be seen as proclamations of non-duality. First, let's look at the empty tomb, which is the only common element found in all four of the Gospels. The empty tomb is thought by scholars to be the earliest form of the Easter tradition. For example, in the original ending of the Gospel of Mark, which is widely accepted as the earliest of the four Gospels, there is only the empty tomb. There are no resurrection appearances of the risen Christ. Historically speaking, it is widely accepted by biblical scholars that the earliest Easter message was an empty tomb. Only later did the stories of resurrection appearances begin to circulate. What is the explanation for the empty tomb? Well, we have suggestions embedded in the Easter stories. The most logical idea is that someone took the body. That's what we would think today if we came upon an empty tomb, which we knew someone had been interred within earlier. This idea is voiced by Magdalene. She tells the disciples in verse 2, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we do not know where they have put him. She repeats this idea again to two angels she sees at the tomb and also to the groundskeeper for a total of three times. And when something's done three times in the Bible, it's always a matter of something being confirmed. There's no reason to doubt that the tomb of Jesus was really empty on Easter morning. Now, what does that mean? This is where we start talking in 
spiritual and religious terms. The empty tomb is a symbol. It testifies that the true nature of Jesus is not his physical form. His true nature was not subject to decay or death any more than our essential nature is. Physical bodies are transitory, impermanent, and therefore not real in an ultimate sense. If you consider what ultimately real is what does not change. In time, our bodies dissolve into the elements from which they were made. There are billions of graves across the world today, billions of empty graves. For you see, the elements of the bodies have returned to the earth. As God said to the first man, Adam, in Genesis, You are dust, and to dust you shall return. Our graves will be empty one day. And for those of us who plan to be cremated and our ashes scattered, that day will be soon after death rather than much later. The empty tomb communicates what is our true nature that does not change. Emptiness is a symbol of that true nature, is a symbol of non-duality. In Buddhism, it is called the void or sunyata. The empty tomb stories proclaim that Jesus returned to the emptiness, which is his true nature. He became after death what he was before birth. So do we. What we really are is this emptiness. The Tao Te Ching calls it the Tao, the ultimate reality, and describes it as empty space. It is represented by a symbol of a circle that looks like the mouth of an empty tomb. In the Old Testament, God is said to occupy the empty space between the wings of the cherubim above the cover of the Ark of the Covenant, which is in the Holy of Holies. God is represented by that emptiness. To say that God is spirit is to say the same thing, that God is without form, empty of form. Spirit is, by nature, non-material, non-physical, literally no thing. And that is true of us, of our true nature, and is true of Christ. Now, how about the resurrection appearances? Well, they also teach us about the nature of Christ. First, there is the appearance of Jesus to Magdalene at the garden tomb. The first element that comes across in this story is how Mary does not recognize Christ. She thought he was the gardener. All sorts of reasons for this mistaken identity are offered by preachers. The simplest explanation is that Jesus did not look like himself. And this is the theme in nearly all of the resurrection stories in the Bible. The disciples regularly do not recognize the risen Christ. They're always wondering who this guy is. We see this in the next chapter when some disciples had breakfast with Jesus on the beach. We see it in the much-loved Emmaus Road story. Two disciples walk for miles with Jesus on the Emmaus Road without recognizing him. The message is clear. 
Christ appears in disguise. It reminds me of the verse that says that people entertain angels unaware. It reminds me of the parable where Jesus says that he comes in the form of the poor and the hungry and the thirsty and the homeless and the imprisoned and people do not recognize him. He says in that parable, people will say, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? Or as a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and take care of you? And then he will answer them, truly I say to you, as you have done to the least of these my brothers, you have done to me. The risen Christ is every man and woman. Evangelicals are expecting the second coming of Christ physically to earth any day now. The truth is that Christ is here now, but he's not recognized. There's no room in the inn again. He comes in the form of the immigrant on our borders. He comes in the gay youth who is bullied. He comes in the unarmed black youth shot in the street. Easter is about recognizing the risen Christ and those whom, whom we would not ordinarily think of as Christ. Christ is with us always, just as he promised, if we have eyes to see. Another element of John's resurrection stories is the emphasis on the physicality of the appearances. The risen Christ is, is described as not a ghost or a spirit, but flesh and blood. Magdalene is told by Jesus not to hold on to him. Thomas is invited to examine the wounds of the risen Christ, to put his hand upon them. The risen Christ eats food with the disciples. John's risen Lord has physical form, but is not a normal physical form, because he's, he is able to seemingly magically appear within locked rooms and disappears. But it is physical, described as physical nonetheless. Why this emphasis on the physicality of the risen Christ? It is so that we see the risen Christ in physical form, in people around us, and not just as an idea in our head or a feeling in our heart. This is a call to serve Christ by meeting people's physical needs. Equally important here is the idea that a physical body is not a barrier to spiritual realization. We don't have to die physically to enter the kingdom of God. We can know non-dual reality now while physically alive. The physicality of the resurrection is no problem in non-dual Christianity because there is no distinction between the physical and the spiritual. They are one. When people ask if the resurrection of Jesus was physical or spiritual, I respond, yes. Reality is non-dual. Physical and spiritual are one. There's a parallel to this in physics, which tells us there's no essential difference between matter and energy. I'm no Einstein. But as I understand it, matter is energy in a different form. 
matter as mass and energy can be converted to each other, according to that famous equation, E equals mc squared. Mass can be converted to energy and energy to mass. I watch that happen every time I put a log in my wood stove. Wood turns to energy and heats my home. It's a living example of this. The physical is spiritual and vice versa. The two are one. In the resurrection, the physical Christ is the spiritual Christ. You don't have to make a distinction between the two. That is the truth communicated in these Easter stories. Furthermore, this reality is what Christianity calls the Holy Spirit, who is said to dwell within us. In the Gospel of John, the giving of the Holy Spirit happens as part of the Easter story, happens on Easter Day. On the evening of Easter Sunday, the risen Christ appears suddenly within locked doors to his disciples, and he gives them the Holy Spirit. Let me read it for you. Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be to you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them, Peace be to you. Just as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, the Gospel of Luke and, and Acts, probably written by the same hand, has this giving of the Holy Spirit happening weeks later at Pentecost, after, ten days after Jesus' ascension. But in John, it is combined with the resurrection story on Easter Sunday. It is placed here to communicate the truth that the risen Christ shares his spirit, his essential nature with us in the Holy Spirit. This empowerment is called Holy Spirit. We could call it self-realization or Christ consciousness. This is the risen Christ in us. As Colossians says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. I know Christ is risen because I am aware of this reality every day. I see Christ in everything, in every person, in every creature, in every inanimate part of God's creation. As Paul says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and Christ all around me. There is only Christ. The risen Christ is here. This is the meaning of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. That is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. 
Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.